walked the halls of PCA together, learned the focusing approach from Mr. Lee, sang the school song, laughed, cried, and moved on to the next chapter of our lives. But once a lion, always a lion. Thanks for making time to re-engage with your PCA family. We want to know what God is doing in and through your life. I'm Alex Bellamy, class of 2006 and director of alumni relations. Welcome to another episode of our alumni podcast, Life Talk. Hi, we are here with Samantha Seal. She is a 2020 graduate from PCA. Oh, 20. That's the COVID year. That's the COVID That's year. The COVID year. Oh. I know. So you know what? We don't really want to talk a whole lot about okay. the graduation and all the <laughs> it things. It still happened. Know. It was unique. It yes. happened. It so. did. It did. We got to have a graduation. I know. We did. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. We were sitting anyway. six feet apart. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course I you do. remember that. I remember that. I was so glad and thankful that we did get to have a graduation because I knew a lot of my public school friends and even at other private Christian schools, they didn't get to have a graduation at all. But it was sad because we didn't have a lot of traditions. We didn't have the tunnel of love with our teachers, which was sad because they were my favorite part of PCA and wanted all of them to be a part of the day. But I was really glad that we did get to have some sort of graduation. I got to give my speech, which I had prepared a lot for. So I was excited about that. There you um, go. Just be with the community that I've grown up with since pre-K-4. So that was really special. Awesome. And one will special. never forget. Yeah. So let's start with positives. Positives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's go back. How long? You were a lifer at PCA. I was, so yes. you came here when you were pre-K-4. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got siblings. I do. So yes. You were the oldest one to kind of go through and blaze the trail for them. I was them. the guinea pig. Yes. yes. Very good. So my brother graduated last year, class of 23, okay. um, and is now playing baseball at Mary Harden Baylor. And then my sister, Emerson, um, is a freshman right now, graduating yes. class of 27, which makes me feel really Let's old. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. I mean, we're not sure. Emerson? There. I think she will. She'll be fine. Oh, she's just yeah. a lot of trouble there. You know? just, he's just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, great kid. Great kid. <laughs> she's awesome. Love her. Um, so let, go, go back to, um, I, I think, memories. Right. Yes. I just when you mm-hmm. think of PCA, right? What are the what are the first things that kind of pop into your mind? Oh my goodness, definitely Mini Mester. Oh. That's that's one of my favorite memories of PCA, and I feel like every al- alum says that. Yeah. But we have this conversation in every really? podcast. Oh my goodness, yeah. it's, it's, it's so the best good. Yep. Mm-hmm. because it's such a unique experience that you don't get again in college um, mm-hmm. unless you go into mission work. Um, it's not one that a lot of other high schoolers have at public schools True. or private schools. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Cuba my junior and senior year, and Minimester holds an even more special place in my heart because it's the last memory of PCA that I have before yeah. the virus that shall not be named shut yeah. down the world. <laughs> so yeah, so you guys, I mean, that was that was kind of one of the weird things, but we mm-hmm. like all came back from our Minimester trips, mm-hmm. and then everything was shut down. Yeah, and we never came back thank, to school. Thank you, Lord, that we got that back we got to from do our that. trips. And it was actually moved Crazy. up a week before. The administration moved it up. Um, a week knowing, earlier. Knowing that there would be a global <laughs> Exactly. Pandemic. They just right? knew. Yeah. The Lord we, told hey, them. Yeah. We don't get those kids back. It's the Holy back, Spirit. Right? It was, so what'd honestly. What did you do freshman, sophomore year? Freshman year, I actually went to Nicaragua with my mom. So it was a parent-led mission okay. trip, which was really special for cool. us. That was yep. my first time to go out of the country. Um, I got to use my Spanish-speaking skills that Doctora had instilled in me um and then sophomore year i was sick so i didn't get to go anywhere unfortunately um and then i went to cuba junior and senior year um so i got to experience another spanish-speaking country i still talk to the people and now i call them family that um i've met there and 
got the opportunity to share the gospel in Spanish, which was incredible. Such a beautiful language that I've loved since I was little, because we learn it starting in pre-K-4. Yes. Um, and and it was just, you, would you consider yourself bilingual? Yes, oh, I would, because okay. I continued studying it in Spanish. Um, and I do give myself a little bit of room. I'm not a native speaker, sure. so I don't know all the colloquialisms and things like that. But I enjoy speaking the language. I've gotten the opportunity to translate some written materials for my internship into Spanish. Nice. Um, just have that extra layer of connection, because there are a lot of Spanish speakers in Texas and in Washington, D.C. as well. So good. So cool. All right. So Mini Master, Mm -hmm. big thing. What else? Yes, Mini Master. We we were talking before, right? You did some theater. I did theater. That was my thing in high school, theater and academics. And so I loved spending time with Joel Rutherford, Pam Hurt, um, Meg Parker Wilson, Kim Stidham. Um, I started PCA Theater when I was in eighth, no, seventh grade. Okay. Seventh grade. My first show um, was Beauty and the Beast. I was a plate. It was fantastic. I was a plate. I like that. Ch- chip or something like that. Right? That was the teacup. Tea cup. That's the oh, teacup. Oh, that's right. You need to yes. catch up on <laughs> Disney. I've seen Disney it. Princess. I just, yes. Uh-huh. yes. Okay. So that, that was really special. Did you have a name? Sorry. Just I, did I have plate, a name? Plate I number one. So. Yeah, I was in the ensemble. Yeah, gotcha. it was a townsperson. So that was really fun. Oh, just that's fun. getting to be with all the upperclassmen, too, yes. at mm-hmm. such a young age and getting advice from them about getting ready to go into high school. Yeah. Um, in the theater world and in the academic world as well, um, and in the spiritual world. Like, they poured into us. They mentored us um, throughout those rehearsals that we would have every single day after school. We spent a lot of time with each other. So that was really special and then encouraged me when I became an upperclassman to pour into those um, younger ones who were in the show as well. So very special time. Those are Okay, so this is going to show my ignorance again, right? (laughs) But we do a musical in the spring and a play in the fall. fall. Did you do both? I... Or... That sounds like a musical. I only did the musical. The musicals, okay. Um, I don't think I ever did the play okay. because I did Fall Follies at Prestonwood uh-huh. because I was so focused on academics. I didn't want to overload myself. Yeah. But looking back, my senior year, just because our spring musical did get canceled, I wish I had done the fall play, which is actually a musical that year. It was Godspell. Oh. Um, and I, I wish I had done that show. That's my one regret of high school is not doing Godspell. So sorry, Pam Hurt and Mr. Rutherford, that I yeah. did not do that show. Yeah. Um, but always always looked forward to doing things at church and school um, and theater. Yeah. I love how much they overlap, too. Yes, that was so fun. I mean, the kids so are neat. in all the shows. Mm-hmm. It, it's really yeah. cool. It, it was a community. I mean, I like to say I didn't have Monday morning friends at yeah. school. I had... Monday through Friday friends that were also my Saturday friends because we would be up here all day having rehearsals and then we would go worship together on Sundays and then a lot of the times have rehearsals for a gift of Christmas or fall follies after church um, so we truly did life together which is really special. That's so neat. So, yeah. yeah. What other shows were you in then? Because we just oh talked goodness. about how White Christmas was the one that was canceled that, your senior yes. year. Yes. Right. And that's the one they're doing this year. So they are so you'll excited. To, you'll have to come back and see <laughs> yes. it. And a lot of the little kids that were cast in that show are now high schoolers. Uh, Okay, that's uh, playing crazy. the leads. That's so really cool. yeah, it's it's a good full circle moment, mm-hmm. and um, I'm glad they get to redo that show. And we left a legacy that they get to continue on. Awesome. Um, I did Mary Poppins my junior year. Oh, that one was nice. really fun. Played yes. my first comedic role. I never saw myself as a funny person. My family doesn't think I'm funny, so I was like, "Here's the proof that's that right. Pam Hurt <laughs> thinks I'm funny, and I get to show the world." Um, I didn't do it um, at tenth grade. Ninth grade was Cinderella, so that was fun. Um, got to go back to Disney. Ninth grade, oh, I did do the fall play that year. Peter and the Starcatcher, Cinderella. There yes, 
but that was that one. Um, eighth grade was singing in the rain, tap dancing. That was fun. And then Beauty and the Beast. Wow. So, yeah. Very good. It's a pretty good lineup. Yeah. It was, now, yeah. You, you mentioned academics. Yes. Um, it was a big part of my life. So we, we think of mostly academics, like we're talking about high school. Mm-hmm. But t- tell me about a little bit about kind of just your preparation um, all the way coming through, right? Like, yes. w- did you feel like you got a good, like, not only academic, but spiritual preparation from the youngest grades moving forward? Definitely. The biblical worldview that's instilled in us from pre-K to 12th grade set me up for success at the University of Texas um, and for my career in Washington, D.C., because without that biblical worldview, I would have been swayed by the other worldviews that are thrown upon you by professors, by even pastors, um, by classmates um, and colleagues in Austin and Washington, D.C. So UT is not a biblical worldview school? (laughs) No, unfortunately not. (laughs) What has happened? (laughs) When I was there, I thought it was a Christian school. It was... I, so grounded in the word of be. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the way Austin used to. No, it never yeah. was. Yeah. It's no. just it's even crazier now. It is. But let's yes. not let's not get to UT yet. Okay. So. Okay. But yeah, you you got grounded in the yes. word all the way grounded. through. Grounded. We had Student Leadership Institute where yeah. we talked a lot about the hot topic issues that are still prevalent today. They're being debated on the floor of the House and the Senate at the That's federal right. and state level, whether it's abortion, gender issues, social justice versus biblical justice, mm-hmm. um, critical race theory. That's a big one yeah. in Texas um, and at the federal level. Um, and so I'm thankful that we got to view those cultural topics through a biblical lens. So I knew what I was walking into yeah. when I interned in the Texas House, when I interned twice in Washington, D.C., and now when I'm going to work there full time. Yes, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then when you graduated from here. Yes. You decided to go on to the University, University of, Texas, of Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people would say um, that, you know, if you're, if you're at a Christian school, right, why mm-hmm. would you go to, and not just a secular school, right? But literally one. And, and we, yeah. well, we know this, right? I mean, it, it's, it's about as far left culturally, yes. right? Um, mm-hmm. Politically, I mean, just everything, um, anti-God um, kind of universities that you want to get to. Now, it's a, it's a great university as far as an education. And by the way, it's really, you know, from a cheap standpoint, it's, if you're a yes, Texas it's president, a good I'm, price. I was yes. like, oh, it's such a great <laughs> price. Um, but, you know, a lot of people would shy away from going to UT because mm-hmm. so much of it pushes against you mm-hmm. and your belief system. Why did you feel like you were prepared and ready to go there? Well, I almost didn't apply to UT because it was so far yeah. left-leaning. Um, and Dr. Moss, my guidance counselor, along with Ms. Benavides, uh, they both encouraged me to apply um, to just see what happens. Yeah. Um, they knew I was in the top six percent of my class so I would get in and I said well there's not really a choice here but they said just look into it you know pray on it see what you think and I was one who applied I think to like 12 or 13 colleges because I couldn't make up my mind mm-hmm. um, and then it came down to UT and OU at the very end which was surprising because yeah. they're the red river rivalries yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, gotta pick one of those two right, right. exactly um, but they both had really good communication schools okay. um, because I majored in public relations and visited both schools, talked with the deans um, of both of the colleges of communication, and then it came down to me just praying over it, um, where did God want me to be um, for the next four years, which actually turned into three and a half, um, for, you know, the next phase of my life, and I remember sitting on FaceTime with Dr. Moss uh, because COVID had hit and it was, you know, my guidance counselor appointment. And I said, Dr. Moss, I really don't know what to choose. They both have great academic programs. One would be easier to be a Christian at um, and one would be harder. UT would have more academic opportunities for me while OU would not. 
um, there's just pros and cons to both that I feel like, you know, when you weigh them on a scale, they're equal. And so mm -hmm. I don't know which one to choose. He asked me a really important question that shaped my college decision and actually shaped um, my career decision as well. Do you need more time in the temple or are you ready to go to Babylon? And once he said that, that was the question that I prayed through for the rest of the week. Like, okay, Lord, you've put me at PCA at Preston Baptist Church for, at that point, you know, 18 years of my life. Um, have I had enough time in the temple to where I can go to Babylon and be a soldier for you um, and be a light for you there? And the more I kept looking through the Bible, reading through Acts 1-8, you know, to get out of my, out of my own world um, and, and share the gospel, I, was, I knew that God was calling me to go to my Babylon, to go to UT, and I do not regret it at all. That was yeah. where I needed to go. Even though it was hard with COVID, you know, I didn't have in-person classes for the first two years, oh. so I was questioning the Lord's decision, but He orchestrated every little detail, um, formed relationships at church, a great church that I found, um, even on campus with some Christians, um, some Christian professors that I found, um, and then shaped me for my career in D.C. as well. I think if I went to OU, I wouldn't have been as stuck on politics as I am now. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you mentioned the, the concept that you prayed about it, because it's, I think it's one of the things that when I talk to parents as their students are coming up through high school and we start talking about college, and I know our um, you know guidance department does an incredible job. Um, and it's one of the things that they, they kind of try to, you know, really put into the minds of parents. And I don't know if all of our parents really grasp the concept is, you know, your kid may not go to the same school that you went to. Right. right? Just because you went to Baylor, your kids may not go to Baylor. Just because you went to UT, your kids may not go to UT. Whatever it is. But the whole idea of, like, where does God want you to go? Mm -hmm. I mean, God might want you to go to Michigan. Mm -hmm. Right? God might want you to go where? I mean, so the whole idea that, yeah, you're looking at schools and you're looking at what program fits you and, you know, where, where does it fit best? But then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, God, where do you want me to go? Mm -hmm. And it, it might be a more expensive school. It might be a school that's further away. It might be a school that's like, oh, my goodness, none of my family went there. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great. Right? What does God want to do with you? And I think that's, you know, the question that you had to wrestle with and that you had to answer. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a neat to see, right, God's path, not only in preparing you for UT, right, but that you were open to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I know, I know your dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> your dad is, is definitely not a UT fan. No. Um, and so I just remember having conversations with him and he's mm -hmm. just like, you know, Samantha's looking at UT and I really don't want her to go. And he was mm -hmm. just flat out honest with it. Yeah. And I, and I said, Hey, listen, I was there, and I think she's prepared for it. But here's the deal. Wherever God has her go, she's, she's ready for it. And so that was the conversation, even from your parents' perspective, mm -hmm. is, you know, it may not be the choice that we want our daughter to go to, but we want her to go where God wants her to go. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of a neat thing to just kind of watch you go through that. And, yeah. and I'm sure those conversations at home were, <laughs> were interesting. They were. I remember once I had kind of decided just going on a long walk with my parents um, at night. I told my siblings to stay home because I needed to tell them what the Lord had put on my heart and why I think, you know, he was calling me to UT and how it made logical sense as well and not just, you know, sense spiritually. Right. And when you put, you know, logic and, and God combined because God is a God of order and he's a God of logic, it just truly really made sense that Austin was the place he wanted me to be. And then they were on board from there. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Yes. So you worked in the Texas House, House of, Representatives. of Representatives. I did, yes. Tell us about your time there. Oh, it was incredible. That's where I caught the political bug, as we call it, and it hasn't left me yet. Um, I had always 
been interested in politics really since my junior year of high school. We started talking more about current events um, in my history class with Miss Phillips, and then I took AP Gov um, with Amy Stevens, mm-hmm. um, and I was always involved in discussions um, about hot topic issues. And I loved the communications aspect to it as well of how we could, you know, frame these issues to where the American people could better understand them um, and how people were misunderstanding the issues because of what the media was putting out there. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try an internship with the Texas House of Representatives, see how I like it. If I hate it, then I know politics is not for me and I need to pursue communications in a different route, whether, you know, it's the corporate world or the nonprofit world. Tried it within the first two weeks, fell in love, loved the fast-paced nature. Um, I love truly being able to help people, um, which you can do more at the state level than the federal level just because it moves a lot faster. Um, And I could see the people that our policies were affecting because they would come in and um, give testimony on the policies or come in and thank us after a bill was passed. And that was really special as well. Um, Got hands-on experience with writing press releases and statements, and so that filled my communications bug as well. Um, And then I loved being able to be a light for the Lord in that world. Um, One of the bills that I got to work on was the Texas Essential Church Act because churches were shut down during COVID by law. Mm -hmm. Um, And now they can't be anymore because the the bill was passed and it was signed into law by our governor. And so that that was a really special bill to work on because I got to combine my passions of faith and policy. Um, And I just knew that the Lord was continuing to call me um, into politics, but I didn't know if it was at the state or federal level yet. But I knew that I was supposed to use my passion for communications and my passion for him um, to help bring change into our state and into our nation. That's so cool. I love that. It's one of the things I loved when I was down in Austin. I had my three years there in Austin and got to do two sessions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was actually when they were building the extension. Oh, really? It was was kind of fun. It was a big hole in the ground when I was there. I was like, what in the world is this going to be? And then you go there and you see it now, and it's it's beautiful. But it's a great place to be. It, it's a, <clears throat> I think it's really where um, where your faith grow feet. Yes. Right? Where like you have to walk out. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what I say I believe, and it, it, like it makes sense, um, you know, kind of in the church perspective. But then when you get into politics, right, it's does your faith make sense to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. right? And can you put it and frame it in such a way that people understand this is the best way to do life, and it's God's way, right? God's the author and the designer of it, uh, and not just of my spiritual life, right? but of all life. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, a, it's a neat thing. I got to go through um, the whole Defense of Marriage Act um, oh, and wow. be, be a part yeah. of that as we went down and tried to defend mm-hmm. right, the institution okay. of marriage mm-hmm. as between a, you know, a man and yeah, a woman. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it was amazing as you watch this process go through how many of these great battles are fought right there, mm-hmm. right, in Austin, right, mm-hmm. in that legislature, right? And you, it, it takes great men and women of faith to be a part of that and, and to defend what we know is true and right and good and, mm-hmm. and God's design for humanity. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you, here's the thing about politics. You win some and you lose some too. Exactly. And you, re, you realize that. Yes. Right? I had to learn that. You unfortunately, had, yes. um, we had a, another bill during session about making uh, pregnancy centers essential. And that one, unfortunately, didn't even pass your committee and it hasn't been brought up again. So that was, you know, the other side of the coin, that loss of like, oh, I really wanted that to pass because, yeah. you know, this was before the overturn of Roe v. Wade. We wanted to continue to protect um, life uh, mm-hmm. from the womb to the tomb. And I was really sad that that one, you know, yeah. didn't make it past committee. But then, you know, a couple years later, 
we got what we had been praying for yeah. um, with the, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yes, so cool. and I was in D.C. for that. So that's oh, a wow. whole other story um, and how incredible that was to be on the comp side of that once we received that decision from the Supreme Court. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So now you're planning to go to D.C., right? Yes. And we can't really talk about specifically what you're going to be doing, Not but yet. you're going to be doing communications. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Living and working in D.C., um, finding a good church community yes. and, and a good community of believers. That, and, and there are a good community of believers yes. in D.C. Some people may think, you know, where, where are those people and, and why aren't they <laughs> representing us? I will say, um, you know, for me, it's kind of amazing, right? Um, and your, your parents have that Louisiana background. They do, yes. Right, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson is the Speaker of the House, yes. a wonderful Christian, Christian man, right, mm-hmm. who does a great job of communicating those principles and those ideals from a biblical perspective, right, and how they intersect with you know, political issues. And so I think you're kind of entering at, at a fun time. Yes. Right. Where, sure. you know, the world is, is uh, most people think the world's kind of at a crazy stage, but mm-hmm. I'm like, this is such an exciting time to be alive yeah. and to be debating these issues and to be talking about it. And as God puts people into positions of power and leadership, right, you get to be part of that, you know, journey. Mm-hmm. So we're super excited for you, and, you and thrilled for the opportunity. So tell us just a little bit about kind of what you're thinking mm-hmm. that you're going to be doing. So I will be moving to D.C., um, and I will be working in strategic communications, doing a little bit of policy work um, focused on border policy um, and doing um, a bit of administrative work for some senior staff members as well. So so very excited to learn from people who um, are not only conservatives, but Mm -hmm. are also Christian conservatives. They're Christians first and then conservatives. And so they also let their biblical worldview inform their political ideology, which is something rare in D.C. Um, You know, we see it in in our Speaker of the House. But it's really special that I will get to learn from them. And so I don't have to leave that biblical worldview behind um, that I got at PCA. I can continue to use it in my career. Um, And I've been able to do that in my internships as well. And so I'm just excited to continue to learn from them because, you know, you never stop learning even after you graduate. Um, And so I want to continue um, learning from their experiences, you know, in the White House, on the Hill, um, so that they can lead me as the next generation um, of leaders in in Washington, D.C., and hopefully um, they pass the torch to me and I can continue to carry out the legacy that they've led. Yeah. You get to go through an election cycle as soon as you get there. Yes, that'll be very <laughs> exciting. The primaries and yeah. general. Yes, here we go. Yes, here we right go. go. Can I? Can I? It's 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 fascinating. Um, the election cycle to me, and I know you know a lot of people, you know they freak out when we talk about politics and elections and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm always like amazed, right, that we've been around for you know 250 years, and we've transferred power in our country, right, hundred right hundreds of times peacefully, mm-hmm. right, from you know. Some you know from one side to another, right back and forth between some you know some great men and some terrible men. As you go through history, mm-hmm. there's been some terrible presidents. There's been some great presidents, and depending on which side you think of that, you would have to agree with that. Looking back and say, yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> I don't care if you're conservative or you're, or you're liberal. There's some good and bad people yeah. on both yes. sides. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's an amazing thing to realize that yeah, I mean, there's other countries that when they transfer power, right, you've got bloodshed in the streets. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And here we have right major disagreement over issues, but mm-hmm. yet we transfer power and we move on. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, 
country keeps on going. And so mm-hmm. I, th- I hope we get to see that right, continue, I so right? Because mm-hmm. I hope we don't take that for granted that yeah. this is how, you know, yeah. it always has been. It's like, no, in human history, this is not how it's always been. Mm-hmm. It's a very rare thing. So hopefully people take it seriously and engage in that and, and you know, use their voices to speak up for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. I hope so, too. And I think it's really important for Generation Z, which is my generation, mm-hmm. to get involved in politics, especially Christians, yes. um, because the Lord has called us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You know, we talk about separation of church and state, but that does not mean that Christians cannot be involved in politics. Um, and America was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Um, we talk about that at PCA. We talk, we've talked about that in the places that I've entered at. Um, and so it's our job as Christians and especially as Gen Z Christians to bring our country back to those original founding principles. Yeah. Um, and so we should continue to learn from the Pauls that are older than us because we are still the Timothys right now. Um, but we should make our voices heard um, about, you know, the protecting of innocent life, the, the defense of marriage between a man and a woman, the list can go on and on um, about biblical foundations of our policies, um, not only why they um, are good spiritually, but why they work for Americans, why they would help us prosper. Um, And so that's what I hope to do by going up there is to continue to stand up for what is right biblically um, and then what will help our nation prosper as well. What what have you read in your like background coming up that's Mm. helped sort of shape your understanding of your biblical worldview as applies to politics? And then who do you listen to currently? So just kind of what, do you, what has shaped you, and then who are you paying attention to that's out there right now? I would say someone that I'm paying attention to right now who actually came and spoke at Biblical Worldview Institute is Allie Stuckey. Okay. Um, I love listening to her relatable podcast. Um, she always comes at things from a biblical worldview, and she's not afraid to have someone who disagrees with her on her podcast as well. And mm-hmm. she talks about a, a myriad of topics from you know, strictly biblical topics to, you know, biblical topics that inform political ideology. She has a lot about abortion, about gender, about critical race theory, school choice, the list goes on and on. So I really listen to her as, you know, a millennial, someone who's older than me, who has worked in politics, has family, who um, has been involved in politics um, that can help me navigate difficult conversations um, and uh, difficult situations as well that I may, you know, come up in either that was on my college campus or in D.C. as well. Um, in terms of books um, or things that I've read that have shaped my biblical worldview and my political ideology, um, honestly, the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, which oh, sure. I know is not you know one about political ideology, yep. but it, it's one we read in Mr. Lee's uh, apologetics class, and yes. that one has helped shape my biblical worldview um, and has helped me share the gospel with people who don't, take the Bible as truth, because you really start from the beginning with why God exists. Um, And I remember using that um, in D.C. actually with friends and colleagues, because not everybody that I work with is a Christian and um, believes in the existence of God and, you know, the truth of the resurrection and the reliability of the Bible. And I actually gifted that book to them because I would talk about it so much. Um, So that's been a a life-changing book, not only for my worldview, but for conversations that I've had with other people um, in the D.C. world. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I enjoy Rosaria Butterfield. Um, Yes. And so, um, you know, she she was in that camp um, on the other side, <laughs> right, as a you know, professor at Syracuse, women's studies, LGBTQ sponsor. Um, and when she became a Christian, she realized, you know, I've spent my whole life creating 
right, a mindset against Christianity, um, but it, it didn't work, mm-hmm. right? And it, and, and it hurt people. And so she's an interesting person to listen to. And then Rebecca McLaughlin is another one who's a good person who speaks about LGBTQ issues, mm-hmm. uh, gender issues, right, from a biblical perspective. So good, good people to listen to and pay attention to. And, you know, um, I, I think that's one of our important things is finding those voices of people mm-hmm. who take scripture Right, and apply it to our current cultural day. Mm-hmm. Right, what's going on in your day? Mm-hmm. Right, before another generation before would have been this issue and would have been in that issue. But what's what's our issue today? And we've got to learn how to wrestle through those. And it's a it's a difficult thing. Right, I, I think that's one of the things is people think is oh well, this must be simple. And it's like it's not. Mm-mm. Right, when you apply it to a political concept and governing people. Right, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I love when Solomon, you know, and God's like, hey, you want anything? And Solomon's like, I want wisdom. wisdom. Right? Yes, that's what for, I for want how to, too. For how to govern yeah. your people, mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing. It's like, this is a difficult process. Governing people is not easy. Mm -hmm. And so you really need God's wisdom to be able to understand how to do that. And I love God's response to that is like, well, great, I'll give you that. And then everything else that you, you know, that you would have asked for, right, for yourself, but you asked for something that really helped, you know, people. And I think that's the thing that, you know, we want for our leaders is just we want God's wisdom for them so they know how to govern. Mm -hmm. So that's an important, important process. So Mm -hmm. I think it's fun. It's it's exciting. We're we're thrilled for you. Well, thrilled for the next part of your journey. Um, you know, just thrilled that you got to go here and we got to experience you, right? We, we were talking before that um, you and Alex have a little um, background. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. do. <laughs> Alex was actually your babysitter? Yes. I did babysit her mm-hmm. long time ago. Yeah. And then she's babysat for my kids. Oh, and my goodness. Yeah. It's come full circle. Yes. So we spent some time sweet. at family camp together. Oh, and, yes. You mm-hmm. know, just watching her grow up over the years and her siblings now. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a family pretty, yeah, really. it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the fun things about the community. Yeah. It's one of the things that I didn't really know coming into PCA because uh, I was so anti-Christian school when, when God drugged me. Really? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yes. We were public school people all the way. Trisha was a public school teacher. Yes. They yes. asked me to be on the board of PCA when it started, and I said no. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, and I didn't God, realize that yeah, either because you've been around oh since God. I was yes. here. I know. Trisha was my sixth-grade science teacher. Yes. Yeah, her first year. God mm-hmm. drug us in here <laughs> kicking and screaming and just by the grace of God. Right. He opened up my eyes to see like, hey, listen, this is where the training happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You can be a light in a dark place. But here's the deal. Let's train our kids so that we can send them out to the dark places. Mm-hmm. And so God has really transformed my understanding of how important this training process yeah. really is. But I, I didn't really know how important the community was mm-hmm. of doing life together with like-minded people, Absolutely. right? As opposed to, you know, kind of the, the mentality of like, okay, here's our holy huddle and there's the bad people. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, it's great to do life together mm-hmm. though with like-minded people, right? And to have that mm-hmm. encouragement and then to go, right, to people mm-hmm. who are in dark places and to call them into the light. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well, that, that makes sense. That's great. So mm-hmm. just a, a neat thing to be doing life together with your family because mm-hmm. I remember your parents back before they actually I don't know if they were engaged or had been newly married. Oh, it was the first time sweet. I met them. Wow. Really so, yeah, we've been doing life together with the SEALs for yes, a long time. long time. Long I like time. to say I've been here since nine months before I was born. Yes. <laughs> I've known Preston Wood since before I can remember. Yeah. yeah. And we're, you know what, I'm just saying we're, we're very proud of you. Yeah. Um, and just the journey that you're on um, and the, the walk that you've had and uh, all that you've learned. Because I think one of the things that I love about you is um, it's really your humility and learning. Right. 
It's just that you're you're a person who you know is is obviously very mm-hmm. smart and very accomplished, but there's so much that you want to yet learn mm-hmm. that you don't use what you already know, right? As a you know look as, as a triumph, right? You use what you already know as a hey, there's more to learn too, mm-hmm. and I, I, that's one of the things I love about you is just that you're so open to learning new things. So I hope that DC Thank is you. a a great journey for you and an opportunity for you to continue to grow and expand and learn and then use what God has already given you. Mm-hmm to change the the community that you're a part of. Yes. So Thank thrilled you. for you. <laughs> thrilled for you. We can't wait to see what the Lord does it this year with the mm-hmm. election year and just all that he has in store for your future. Thank you. Well, thanks for instilling a biblical world to you and me since I was little. I'm excited that I get to use that in D.C. Um, it's been a blessing to grow up here, and I'm sad to leave my hometown um, and my community of people, but I know I can always come back home if I ever need to. Once, Once a, a lion, lion, always a lion. lion. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for coming in, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you. listening to another episode of Life Talk. I pray that God is doing something amazing in your life, and I want to make sure that we stay connected. Check out the show notes below for more information. Remember, you are loved by a good God. Be blessed and walk in a manner worthy of His calling. Until next time.